0: The Colorado Buffaloes took the college football world by storm. And quietly, Friday night, that storm ended. With a 56-14 to 14 loss to the Washington State Cougars, the Buffaloes solidified their seventh straight losing season. Seven straight seasons of losing. More importantly, that was the fifth straight loss for the season for the Buffaloes. Colorado started out the season with a bang, had a spark, and now... Well, we all know how the song goes. Welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with Joe's Kwame Fisher-Jones. As always, I am him. And if you enjoy the podcast, please like the podcast, share the podcast, comment, subscribe, do whatever your podcast platform allows you to do. And with that, let's get to why everyone's here. Colorado Buffaloes were the darling of the college football season. They were the team that everyone was excited about, everyone either loved or loved to hate. And as the season's going on... That popularity has waned along with the wins. Too often the wins have disappeared, or far too often there have been no wins. There's been a lot of mistakes on the field, a lot of things to question if this football team is heading in the right direction. That's not why we're here today. They started out 3-0, and we can pinpoint, like I said before, there's no more overrated thing in life than why, why things happen. But there are times you can learn from the why and you can improve. The reason why this season got derailed and fell off the racks, you could point no further than the loss of Travis Hunter against Colorado State and then playing the Oregon Ducks and the USC Trojans in back-to-back games. That was pretty much where the season kind of fell off the rails for the Buffaloes. That's when the mistakes became way too egregious. The lack of discipline became painstakingly obvious. I mean, last game, they they shored up the discipline. They only had five penalties, but the week before, they had 11. And the consequence to that, why, is there'll be no bowl game for the Buffaloes. And it's sometimes it's hard to see the future when it's blocked by the present. But the fact of the matter is, when Nick Saban took over at Michigan State, years, years, years ago, he was 6-5-1 and in his first year. And Michigan State was five and six in the previous year, so he had a one-game improvement. His first year at LSU, he was eight and four. They were three and eight the previous year, and at Bama, where he resides now, they were six and seven the previous year, and seven and six his first year. But the important thing to remember there was they were two and six in conference, and finished the year his first year four and four in conference. That's where the questions are going to arise and Buffalo, or excuse me, with the Buffalos. Deion is 1-7 in, in conference play. Coach Sanders is 1-7 in, in conference play. And while the team has a three-game improvement, the way they're losing, the manner in which they're losing, makes it very difficult to see the future because it's blocked by the present. And most recently, we're not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say they quit. I don't like to say athletes quit. But there was definitely occasions in this most recent two games where you're wondering if the effort is as strong as it should have been. And look, the bottom line is this, man. You know, I'm trying to I'm I'm, I'm trying to walk on eggshells here. My father told me at one point in life, be loyal to a point, not loyal to a fault. Lincoln Raleigh fired one of his coordinators. Sean McDermott fired one of his, fired his coordinator during the season and fired another coordinator in the offseason. While it's easy to point to those dudes and say they're living the silk shocker life of it ain't my fault, they realize that they're gonna, that ship is going down. And if it's going down, it's going to go down with them at the captain. And I get that Dion, excuse me, I get that Coach Sanders is trying to keep, keep the culpability on him. Not blame anyone else. But when you look at a team that has given up, and this is, you know, 56 there last week. They gave up 34 the week before. 26, 28, 46, 24, 48, 42, 35, and 42. The only team they held under 20 were the Nebraska Cornhuskers, Cornhuskers where I'm not even going to take the time to look at where they rest offensively. This defense has been abysmal. It's been putrid. It's been wretched. It's been every uh, uh, negative adjective one could think about. And that defensive coordinator, I hope and I hope he and his family are renting and have not purchased because they will not be there the day after the season closes. We all know that. We all know it needs to be done. But it's not just a defense issue. He stripped the play calling from his offensive coordinator and there may be some things behind the scenes that we don't know about. But you have to respect the fact that he was willing to do that. But you have to Wonder why he wasn't willing to get rid of his defense. I mean, there was one game, I want to say the game against Stanford, where they couldn't get lined up. With they For some reason, they thought they were playing 12-11 on for the better part of that game. They had something like nine skillion penalties that game, and it was all over the place. And it's moments like that that have derailed this team going forward. And when you're guaranteed your seventh straight losing season the first thing you have to implement is a change of culture and how does that change of culture come with how do you get that change of culture you hold people accountable that's the biggest ability in all of sports availability starts with accountability can I account can you be held accountable for your mistakes and when the it ain't my faults in USC come up and it ain't my faults in Buffalo come up You got to wonder what Deion's looking at. Now, look, bottom line is there'll be no bowls. There'll be no celebrations, but they have to beat Utah. And that's good. There is no other way around this. They started the season beating Texas Christian TCU and a shocker. They have to muster up, circle the wagons, do whatever they need to do to get this win in Utah. Because it's paramount that while... Coach Sanders finished four, and he could go four and eight, and it can be looked at as an improvement. But the fact of the matter is, ending the season, starting the season on a high note, ending the season on a high note, will do much for the coach that started as the hot coach, and now, in some cases, could be considered the coach on a hot seat. He didn't take over a roster, and and, and that's that's another thing here we need to consider when we evaluate this team. In the losses. He wasn't a Lincoln Riley who had been an offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, knew the city, knew it was entrenched in the community before becoming a head coach and making a smooth transition. He wasn't a Dabo Sweeney who took over in the middle of the year on a Clemson team that finished nine and four before he got there. This team was one and 11, and, and they weren't even as good as that one and 11 record would indicate. I mean, this was a complete rebuild, not a reload. So, I won't say they have fallen off the face of the earth, but they've definitely fell off the lips of the college landscape. And when you look at a recruiting class that currently ranks 63rd in the nation, the one thing you can tell through the top recruits that they brought in, it's a lot of linemen. Defensive linemen, they've got, the, they got a topped. Five-ranked offensive linemen, Isaiah Walker Jr., supposed to be committing. So they've got some linemen coming in to help. They definitely need help on the defensive lineman. They definitely need some linebackers who can run. But they need a change on the guy that's making the plays. They need a change on the guy that's making the calls. And they need to hold people accountable on that side of the ball too. They need to get some linemen in there who are ready to run block. It's not. I love the motivational tactics of it's just got to be a will, got to be. But you got to throw some scheme in there, coach. You got to throw some scheme in there. It's got to be more than more than tough chalkboard talk. And I know it is. I know it is. But seven straight losing seasons doesn't hurt as much as starting out 3-0. It doesn't hurt as much as standing at a podium and saying, Do you believe? Do you believe? And then losing five straight. It's not a good look. And we got to wear it. He has to wear it. Supporters of the university have to wear it. The recruits coming in have to wear it. When you have your son as a starting quarterback and your other son as a starting free safety, they've got to wear it. No one's building up up this this team to, to, to tear it down, but they have to beat Utah. They have to show fans, players, and more importantly, the opponents, that they're going to meet the standards that they have set. They're going to meet the standards that they have set. They're going to, they're not going to quit. They're going to continue to fight through the whistle, not till the whistle through the whistle. And we're not seeing that currently in Colorado. And as I stated earlier, when the guru of college football, Nick Saban didn't turn his organization around and turn this program around overnight, when he didn't have the... And I'm not giving him reasons to excuse the shortcomings. Because, as I said, they have to beat Utah. This is not up for debate. They lose to Utah, there are going to be some some whispers and, and, and impolite questions about Coach Sanders. And going into the Big 12 next year, they lose... I mean, the Pac-12 has been a monster conference, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. But going into the... Going into a new conference next year and bringing in the same old results. If you start out slow, now we're questioning. Now they're getting a stigma. Now there's going to be a a quote, what's the word I'm looking for? A a storyline, a narrative. All headlines, no substance. So they have to finish this year strong, just like they started this year strong. They have to get that second win in conference. You know, and and, and it sounds preposterous to say this, but should the Buffaloes win two games in conference? That would be on par with the three that they won, the three before, seasons before, and two. They haven't won more than three games in conference in over seven seasons. They haven't had a winning percentage in the 400s in five seasons. They win that game, they'll be right up there. Five and seven will get them at a four hundred win percentage, which doesn't sound doesn't sound great, but considering that they were a .08 the year before, considering they were one and eight in conference, considering they're now one and seven, this is a must win. And I don't care that Utah's ranked the 16th season. I don't care that the Buffaloes are tired because they look like a tired football team. But I think it was a great philosopher, Vince Lombardi, that said, Fatigue makes cowards of us all. They've got to be courageous in, their fati- in attacking their fatigue this year. They have to do it for not just the university, not just for the coach who believes in them, not just for the fans, but for themselves. Because being a winner is hard. Winning consistently is harder. But finding a way to win could be the hardest of them all because the chips are down. They're, they're back, they back say their backs are against the wall. That's not even the backs are, they're not even in the room anymore for their backs to be against that wall. They're outside hoping to put their backs against the wall at this point. Seven straight losing seasons. That's the narrative right now. The only way to change that is beating Utah and then go into the offseason quietly. You have a full 365 now under your belt this offseason. There'll be no bowl game to interrupt you. There'll be no media coming to interview you. There'll be no celebrations to celebrate you. Just you, your ideas, and the way you're going to implement them for Coach Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes. But it's got to start with a win against Utah State. Excuse me, with the win against Utah. It's got to start with a win against Utah. The fact that I even called them Utah State should give them an opportunity to win this game. It'll probably be me and some of the other parents of the organization, some of the other parents of the kids that are on the team watching this team go at it this year. But they've got to figure out a way to get this done. They've got to figure. They didn't show up against Washington State. They showed up at Arizona, but they lost. They showed up at Oregon State, but they lost. They showed up at UCLA, but they lost. They blew it in Stanford. You kind of get the narrative here? But all those things will go out of the window when or if they beat the Utes. That's where it all starts. It's now one-game season for them. And then there'll be monster changes at the end of the season, starting with the firing of their defensive coordinator, whose name I'm not even going to say right now. I mean, in the last in the last two weeks alone, he's given up 90 points. You can't win that way. You can't win that way. And you're going into Utah with nothing to lose and everything to gain. So gain some confidence. That's it for this episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with Joseph Kwame Fisher Jones. If you like the podcast, make sure you share, subscribe, comment, do whatever your podcast platform allows you to do. And as always, I appreciate your time here. year. You be easy.